grace and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The text is the Gospel reading from Luke 16. Please be seated. Well, brothers and sisters, if you remember last week, we heard our Lord Jesus Christ categorically preach, you cannot serve both God and money. And, of course, the Pharisees who were lovers of money, they ridiculed our Lord and his word. And so Jesus launches into a parable about a rich man who had everything and a poor man who had nothing. The story makes terrifyingly clear the hellish future of those who attempt to serve both God and money. Now, which would you want to be, the rich or the poor man? Well, it's a no-brainer. You want to be the rich man because money buys you lots of stuff. The rich man has Calvin Klein clothes, Gucci loafers, Tacova's boots, bowl and branch sheets, French chefs, English maids to do the laundry, probably a fleet of Bucatis and Mercedes in the garage, a speedboat and jet skis at Table Rock Lake, the finest Wagyu meats cooked to perfection, the most exquisite wine collection in the cellar, and of course, oh of course, he's got a humidor loaded with Cubans. Sounds like the life of the newly proclaimed King Charles III. You'd all want to be the rich man in the parable, wouldn't you? Well, of course you would. And at the gate of his iron wrought fence is a dude named Lazarus. Now, I don't, if you've paid attention to the New Testament, Jesus rarely names someone in his parables. But here he does. More on that in a moment. Would you want to be Lazarus? The one who dumpster dives in the rich man's rubbish, hoping to find some measly scraps to munch on. Maybe there's a few chicken bones left over, or maybe there's a little bit of meat left on a T-bone in the trash. Lazarus suffers from a skin condition. He's covered with oozing sores full of pus. And in those days, he didn't have blue cross, blue shield, and there was no emergency room in which to take him. His only care came from whom? The rich man? No. From the street dogs who licked his leaking lesions. Would you want to be Lazarus? No way. And every day, Mr. Moneybags would gaze out of his window. He would stand there in his linen bathrobe with a scotch on the rocks in his hand. And as he noticed poor old Lazarus with the scavenger street dogs, he probably said this to himself, Oh, that poor sap. I guess that's how the cookie crumbles. The love of money has made the rich man blind to God, the giver, and to the need of the neighbor whom God has laid at his gate, inescapably obvious to anyone who had eyes who could see. And then, all of a sudden, both men die. Yeah, death is the great equalizer. Rich and poor alike die pretty much the same. The rich man most likely died on his sleep number bed, while Lazarus dies in the gutter in the street. Both, however, are equally dead. Death then reveals the hidden truth. 
Death uncovers something that wasn't so apparent in life. Lazarus was a faither, a truster. He trusted God's rich promise of salvation, even in his, his poverty. He hungered and he thirsted for the righteousness from God in Jesus, and now he is satisfied. The rich man, like the Pharisees who loved money and who mocked Jesus, he made money his idol. He rejected God just as he had rejected Lazarus. The rich man was faithless, and so he winds up in hell while Lazarus ends up in the bosom or the side of Abraham, heaven. And now everything is reversed. Lazarus is blessed, the rich man damned. Lazarus is comforted, the rich man tormented. And yet even in hell, the rich man thinks he can still call the shots, as if Lazarus can give him some relief in hell. No way that's going to happen. And then, of course, he tries to broker a deal with Father Abraham. And then all of a sudden, in hell, he gets religious. And now, all of a sudden, he cares for the well-being and the salvation of his five unbelieving brothers, who probably idolized money just like he did, and who were just as depraved, decadent, and debauched as he was. Oh, Father Abraham, I beg you, send Lazarus from beyond the grave to them, and they'll be impressed with a Lazarus risen from the dead. That'll shake them out of their idolatrous, drunken, and cocaine-laced stupor. Your brothers have Moses and the prophets, Abraham replies. In other words, they have what? They have the Bible. They have God's word. Let them hear the Bible, God's word. Faith comes by hearing, you know. And if they won't hear God's word from their preacher, well, then they certainly will not, they certainly will not be converted, even if someone like Lazarus would rise from the dead. Earlier I mentioned that it was rare for Jesus to mention someone by name in a parable. I can't help but think that Jesus has his divine tongue in his divine cheek at this point. I say that because Jesus really did raise a man from the dead. Remember who it is? One of his best friends. Do you remember his name? Yes, that's right. Lazarus. And you remember that after Lazarus' body began to decompose and stink to high heaven from being in the grave for four days, <coughs> Jesus raised him to life to show that he is the resurrection and the life. Do you know what the Pharisees who ridiculed and mocked Jesus, do you know what they wanted to do with Lazarus? They wanted to kill him, just as they wanted to kill Jesus. Because... If they don't trust God's word, they're not going to believe if one rises from the dead. They are not going to believe even if Jesus rises himself on the third day, on Easter Sunday, from the dead. Brothers and sisters, every Sunday you hear what? The prophetic word made even more certain. You are blessed to live in the last days. 
You not only have Moses and the prophets, the Old Testament, you have what else? The apostles and the evangelists, the New Testament. And you know how all this salvation stuff turns out. You know how Jesus, Good Friday-ly, died to bear the sin of the world as well as your own. You know how Jesus became the least of all of us. He gave up his life to win us back to his Father. He laid down his life to save us. He was filthy rich in the riches of heaven. He was richer than any rich man like Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, or Bill Gates. And yet Jesus, for our sakes, he became poor like Lazarus in the parable, wretched, miserable, crucified, to save you. Yes, to save you even from the love and idolatry of money and everything that it can buy. So brothers and sisters, we must be very vigilant. The optional epistle reading that could have been read today was from 1 Corinthians 6, which says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered, listen carefully, wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pangs. Beware, brothers and sisters. Do you remember the church at Laodicea mentioned in the book of Revelation? Oh, you Revelation experts, you all remember that, don't you? It was a very wealthy city with bankers galore. Doctors and businessmen galore, kind of like New York City. It had hot springs with warm mineral waters. But the charge from the Lord to this church in Laodicea was what? You're lukewarm, like your water, neither hot nor cold. The Laodiceans, they declared, oh, we're rich. We have wealth. We don't need a thing. And Jesus responded to them, you're wretched. You're pitiful, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. You need the gold that only I can give. You need a robe that only I can provide. You need balm for your eyes that only I have. That's in Revelation, remember? And that's his word. Brothers and sisters, it's time for all of us to repent of our love and idolatry of riches, our complacency, our false comforts, and recognize that we are no better off or different than that beggar Lazarus at the end of your driveway. As Dr. Martin Luther, as he was on his deathbed, he wrote down this biblical truth as his last will and testament, and that was this. We are all, we are all beggars. This is true. Each of us are only a bunch of Lazaruses. Begging, hungry, wounded, sick, sore, totally dependent on Jesus, our Savior. You have Moses and the prophets, the Old Testament. You have the apostles and the evangelists, the New Testament. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Brothers and sisters, fear and love God so that you do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it while you can. 
And the heart of God's word is this. All your sins forgiven. Because Jesus died for you. Your death, oh, it's destroyed in Jesus. Hell has no power over you because you are in Jesus through faith in him. I'm telling you, this is the greatest joy ever. And since Jesus has done all that for you, we can confidently sing as we did just a moment ago. Lord, let at last thine angels come to Abram's bosom, bear me home that I may die unfearing and in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing and then from death awaken me that these mine eyes with joy may see O Son of God, thy glorious face my Savior and my fount of grace Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, and I will praise thee without end. In the name of Jesus.